Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. How's everybody doing? It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. I'm reminded that I believe, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. I believe that your week is going to be better because you came to the house of the Lord. I believe that. I believe that no matter what happens to you this week, you're going to be stronger. You're going to be more empowered because you made a decision to come to the house of the Lord and bring your praise and worship and to honor the Lord God Almighty. Does anybody believe that this afternoon? Well, let's jump into the word of God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 25. Hebrews chapter 10 Verse 19 through 25 is going to be the focus of our study this afternoon. And I believe that God uh, has a word for somebody. I believe that God is going to strengthen somebody. I believe that God is going to encourage somebody. I believe that God is going to shock somebody. Sometimes the Holy Ghost needs to shock somebody. Anybody believe that? Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. I'm going to read this passage of scripture, and then we'll jump into our learning this afternoon. Listen to this word. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence, someone say confidence. confidence. Someone say confidence. confidence. Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is, his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full the full assurance that faith brings. Someone say full assurance. That's a synonym for confidence. Someone say confidence. Or listen to this. It says, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. How many know that God is faithful? Has anybody experienced the faithfulness of God in your life? I know I have. He's faithful. Look at verse 24. And let us, let us, let us, let us. That's you and I. It's talking about you. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Look at verse 25. Not giving up meeting together. Notice that phrase. Not giving up meeting together. That's an encouragement from the word. He said, don't give up coming together. Don't give up assembling together. Don't give up worshiping together. Don't give up studying God's word together. There was people at this particular time that was thrown in the towel and given up on gathering together. And, and the writer of Hebrews, inspired by the Holy Ghost, said, don't you do that. Don't give up. You better get to the house of the Lord. You somehow, whether you have to take a bus, skateboard, run, skip, hop. Get to the house of the Lord. Listen to what he says. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. 
He says, we see the day approaching. That day is reference to the day of judgment, the day that Jesus comes back. By the way, we believe at Chapel of Change in the imminent return of Jesus Christ. We believe that one day Jesus is coming back for his church. And on that day, that day, the Bible calls it that day, it's going to kick into motion the fullness of the kingdom of God. And ultimately, everybody's going to stand before God. And you better make sure that you have the blood of Jesus covering you on that day. Better make sure you have the blood of Jesus. Better make sure you're saved. Someone say, I'm saved. He says, you see the day approaching. And look, you can look around us today. It doesn't take a rocket science. Something's up. Someone say, something's up. So this afternoon in our study, I want to talk to you from the subject, uh, confidence is critical. Confidence is critical. Someone say that with me. Confidence is critical. I want to teach you a little bit about confidence because I believe that the Bible teaches Holy Spirit confidence is critical in the life of the follower of Jesus Christ. I believe it's so, confident, uh, so, so critical that a believer without confidence will not approach the throne of God. A believer without confidence will not cry out to God on the day they need help. Without confidence, you will not uh, pursue your dreams. Without confidence, you will not talk to God. Without confidence, you will not be all that God has called you to be. Confidence is critical in the life of a believer. Without confidence, you will not pursue the dreams and visions that God has given you. You know, we broadcast our sermons every Sunday at 3.30 on KKLA 99.5 FM radio. Uh, we impact all of Los Angeles, thousands of people, potentially millions of people through our Fresh Hope radio uh, ministry on KKLA. We've been doing it for about a year now, and it's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to impact hearts uh, that may be discouraged. But did you know I almost got talked out of the door that led to us having our own radio program? I almost got talked out of it one day. Several years ago, uh, I remember, well, actually, about 10 years ago, I used to serve as an assistant pastor in the city of Whittier, and on Sundays, I would drive from, Sun, uh, from Paramount all the way to Whittier, and I would listen to a pastor on KKLA 99.5 FM. His name was uh, Pastor Dudley Rutherford, and I would listen to his Bible studies every Sunday as I drove from Paramount to Whittier. And I remember one day I was invited to do a training class in Dallas, Texas. And I remember I stepped into the room in Dallas and I knew there was going to be a group of pastors there, but I didn't know who it was going to be. But I remember stepping into that room, I saw in the corner Pastor Dudley Rutherford sitting at the table. And I said to myself, I said, man, I'm going to go get my CD with my testimony on it. And I'm going to invade this brother's space for about 60 seconds. And I'm going to share with him my testimony. Maybe, maybe he'll, he'll open up a door for me to be on the radio. 
So I got excited. I ran to my kind of bag and I got my, my CD and I made a mistake before uh, I got to his table. You know what I did? I told my friend what I was going to do. I said, I told my friend, I said, listen, I'm by, there goes Pastor Dully Rutherford. He's on the radio. I got my CD of my testimony, and I'm going to go tell him my testimony. Maybe, who knows, he'll open the door for me to be on the radio. And you know what my friend had the nerve to say? He said, oh, he ain't going to listen to your story. He hears your story, uh, your type of story all the time. And then you know what he told me? He told me, your story is a dime a dozen. The brother tried to talk me out of my confidence. And I was shooken up on the play for a second. But thank God I had enough strength to pull my confidence back into my heart. And I ignored that, brother. I took my CD to the table where Pastor Dudley Rutherford was, and I sat down and I said, Pastor Dudley, I know you don't know me, but all I need is 60 seconds of your time. And I squeezed my 30-minute testimony into 60 seconds to this brother. And did you know within two months, he called me up and said, Brian, I want you to drive down to KKLA because I want to I show your or, or put your story on the radio to the glory of God. That's how the door opened up for us to be on the radio. And I almost got talked out of my confidence. The enemy's after your confidence, because if you could take your confidence, you won't pursue your dreams. You won't pursue your vision. And do you know we're getting stories after stories about the fruitfulness of our radio program? Just a couple weeks ago, this brother called me up from the L.A. County Jail, as I shared with you. And he told me, he said, Brian, every Sunday at 3.30, there's about five of us that live next to each other, and we turn up the radio real loud, and we study the Bible from your sermons on the radio every Sunday. We got a campus in the L.A. County Jail. Hello, somebody. It's not one of them campuses you want to visit, but we thank God it's there. This morning, this morning, I slept in this morning, and I heard my phone ring early in the morning. I don't know, it was 7, 7.30 in the morning, and I turned over uh, to see my phone, but I said, I'm not going to answer. It's too early. I even got up. About a minute later, the phone rings again. So after the second phone call, it's the same person. I'm saying to myself, which one of y'all are calling me early in the morning? So I answer the phone. And it was an individual who told me this morning, he said, Brian, I heard your testimony on the radio at 2 a.m. in the morning, and I'm so excited. I needed to call you today, this morning, to tell you how God has touched my life through your testimony. And I said, man, brother, I know you're excited, but I just woke up. And, and think about it. I almost got talked out of the opportunity to run through that door. We got to build our confidence. Confidence is critical in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. Listen to this in Jeremiah 17, 7. Listen to this. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord whose confidence is in him. Whose confidence is in him him listen to hebrews chapter 10 verse 35 it says do not throw away your confidence it will be richly rewarded 
Your confidence is so valuable that the enemy attacks it to try to get you to throw away your confidence because he knows your confidence is going to bring a reward that's going to blow your mind. So God says, hold on to that confidence. Don't give it up. Don't give it up. You need to build your confidence. And in this last year, if there's one thing that's been attacked in all our lives is our confidence. In this last year, our confidence has been uh, shaken up. And we need, as we go into the new year, to start rebuilding our confidence. We need to start rebuilding our confidence. So I want to help you this afternoon on how to start rebuilding your confidence. And I'm using Hebrews chapter 10, the first passage of scripture that we read, as a springboard to teach you what to do to rebuild your confidence. Now, at this particular time when the Bible was written in Hebrews, to the Hebrews, uh, the church was going through persecution. They were being physically tormented, they were being spiritually tormented, and they were being emotionally tormented. And the devil was attacking their confidence. The devil was breaking down their confidence. So uh, the writer of Hebrews, inspired by the Holy Spirit, seeks to rebuild their confidence through this passage of Scripture. And I want to pull out a couple reflections that will help you also rebuild your confidence so that when you go into 2022, you won't be on lockdown. When you go into 2022, you will pursue the dreams and visions that God has placed in your heart. Are you following along? So let me give you three reflections that are rooted in Hebrews chapter two, uh, 10. Someone say number one. Number one, a clean conscience builds confidence a clean conscience builds confidence now i get this from verse 22 and i'm always going to turn back to hebrews 10 verse 22 today because that's our foundation but listen to what he says he says having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience notice that phrase having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience now in this immediate context that verse refers to what jesus does to our hearts at the moment of salvation the moment you repent from your sins and accept jesus christ as your lord and savior the power of the holy spirit washes away our evil conscience that's the power of salvation that's the power of regeneration that that our conscience becomes cleansed by the blood of jesus what can wipe away my sin nothing but the blood of jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of jesus so in the immediate context is referring to how jesus cleanses us from the inside out remember he's jesus is the only one that can cleanse you from the inside out. But the broader teaching is the moment you get saved and your heart is cleansed from that evil uh, conscience, now you have a responsibility to guard your conscience. Are you following along? From the moment you are saved, we have a responsibility now because God has given this gift of a clean conscience, but now you have a responsibility to guard your conscience, to keep your 
conscious clean. Why is that? Because a clean conscience builds confidence. Listen to what Paul says in Acts chapter 24, verse 17. Listen to what he says. He says, in this hope, I strive always to maintain a clear conscience before God and man. Notice what he says. He says, my hope and my goal is to always maintain a clear conscience before God and man. And then he says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, he says, this command I trust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight, get this, keeping faith and a good conscience. So he says we are to fight this good fight, and then he breaks it down. How do you fight the good fight? One of the ways is by, is by guarding your conscience. Keeping a clean conscience. Has anybody followed along this afternoon? I'm trying to help you rebuild your Holy Ghost confidence so that you can be all that God has called you to be. And one of the ways you build up your confidence is by guarding your conscience. Now you might say, what is conscience? What is what is our conscience? Let me, let me give you a working definition of conscience. Are you following along? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you something uh, this afternoon. The conscience is the inward witness that examines and passes judgment on your conduct. I'm going to say that again. What is the conscience? The conscience is the inward witness that examines and passes judgment on your conduct. So Apostle Paul, he, he explains it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12. Listen to what he says. He says, and this is our boast. Our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world and especially in relation to you in the holiness and sincerity that are from God, not in worldly wisdom, but in the grace of God. Notice what he says. He says our conscience testifies. Our conscience speaks. It, it's, our conscience has a voice. Our conscience speaks up. So what is conscience? Conscience is your inward witness that examines and passes judgment on your conduct. Let me, let me try to break it down a little bit, a little bit more, all right? Have, have you ever been in a restaurant and you're done eating and you get up and your family's ahead of you and, and all of a sudden as you get from the table, you notice that you drop a napkin. And as you notice you drop a napkin, you keep walking because you say, well, the waiter will pick it up. Has that ever happened to anybody? The waitress will pick it up. And as you continue to walk, there's a voice inside of you that says, you better go back there and pick up that napkin right now. Has anybody ever had that? Has anybody ever, has that ever happened to anybody? You, 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 you walk away from your table, you accidentally drop the napkin, 
And you said, man, I ain't got time to pick that up right now. I just gave a tip to that waitress. She'll pick it up when she gets a chance, right? And all of a sudden, a voice in your heart starts saying, you better pick up that napkin right now. Your mama didn't teach you like that. Your grandma didn't raise you like that. You better get yourself over there. And has anybody ever wrestled like that before on the inside? That's your conscience testifying. Rustling you down. Are you understanding what I'm putting down? See, to build up your confidence, you got to keep a clean conscience. Because your conscience, listen to this, knows the real you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The conscience, your conscience knows the real you. The one you don't tell nobody about. The one that is talking about me right now from in there. You know that one that's saying that I'm talking too loud? Or The conscience knows the real you. And the conscience is powerful. Because the conscience can condemn us and bring guilt and shame. Or conscience can liberate us and bring us confidence. You following along? Conscience is powerful. It can condemn us and bring us guilt and shame. Or it can liberate us and bring us confidence see our our conscience impacts our confidence our conscience impacts our confidence when when we violate our conscience we we lose our confidence did you catch that if we have a troubled conscience we will have a troubled confidence if you violate your conscience, you will violate your confidence. If you have a troubled conscience, you will have a troubled confidence. So, so I'm about to pull the covers off Satan's strategy because this is what he does. He, he, Satan goes after our confidence by tempting us to do something to violate our conscience. You see how he does that? He goes after our confidence by tempting us to do something to violate our conscience. Like so in, 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 in the context of a relationship, right? If you have a relationship with somebody, if you violate your conscience in that relationship, that person don't even have to know what you did. You wouldn't even look that person in the eye. Your face will tell on you. Has that ever happened? You've done something you weren't supposed to do it. You're just not even trying to look. Why? That's your conscience holding you down. Hello, somebody. Hello. Conscience is powerful. The, the devil goes after our confidence by tempting us to defile our conscience. I remember, I remember many years ago um, when I first got out of prison and, you know, my wife and I, we got married when I was in prison in 1997 in uh, uh, Ironwood State Prison, right? We got married 21 years old, but I didn't get released until I was uh, 32 years old, right? And so we, we had, for 16 years, we had this relationship basically through letter and visiting and phone call, right? And um, so we built this relationship off of, you know, letters and phone calls and stuff like that. And, and how many of you know you could write a lot of stuff, right? You could just write a lot of stuff. You could just, you could write whole love songs while you're just write whole love songs. And, you know what I mean? Keith Sweat and all that stuff, right? 
And so, and so, you know, the, the, the crazy thing about jail, if you don't watch out, it, when you're in a relationship, you can fabricate this, this type of marriage because you create something that's not real. And when you get out, and now all of a sudden I step in physically to the relationship, now what was on paper we had to work out in real life. And how many know it's easier on paper than it is in real life? And so when I got out of prison, we started to work out our marriage. And it's not easy when two people got A-type personality. Hello, somebody, right? And so we're working out our marriage. And I remember I was serving as an assistant pastor in Whittier. And I remember there'll be sometimes, not a lot of times, but there'll be sometimes where we would, where we would have a lively discussion on the way to church, a.k.a. argument, right? lively discussion and and we disagreed on something and we'd be driving to church and maybe i said something that was insensitive maybe she said something that was insensitive but all i know i would get before the congregation and i would be preaching you gotta you gotta stay in love you gotta be patient you gotta be kind and there was something inside of me that kind of jumped out on the side of me and said what in the world are you preaching about don't you didn't you remember you just drove all the way over here arguing with your wife and now you're gonna tell the congregation to be nice that was my conscience defiled trying to hold me down hello somebody can i tell on myself and not be judged don't judge me all right but that's the power of the conscience when we defile our conscience it could either bring us guilt and shame or it can liberate us and bring us confidence even throughout the years i've noticed that people at times in their journey would not come to church because they did something to violate their conscience throughout the week and they knew they had to be in church they knew like i gotta go worship god i gotta i gotta thank god for another you know another day but something inside of them was saying what are you talking about you know what you did last night and they fell for this guilty conscience and didn't go where they were supposed to go and instead went to where they were not supposed to go because their conscience was defiled. Does this make sense to anybody? So in order to build up your confidence, you have to keep a clean conscience. Gotta guard your conscience. Someone shout amen. The second thing I would have us to consider is to rebuild our confidence. Um, community builds confidence. Community builds confidence. I'm going to bring you back to Hebrews 10, verse 24. Listen to what he says. He says, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Notice, notice what Paul says, because I always take you back to the word. Everything I say must be hinged on the word of God. Notice Paul says, let us. Let us. That's a powerful phrase. Let us. It's powerful because that phrase speaks of community. Someone say community. 
He says, let us. He's, he's talking about the power of community, okay? So remember, the people at this time were be t being tempted to throw in the towel. There were outside forces that were discouraging them and bringing them down. And Paul, in effect, is saying, listen, you need to counter the discouragement by getting the right people around you. That's what he's talking about. When he says, let us encourage one another, he's talking about the power of community, the power of the people that are around you, namely the right people that are around you. He says, you better get the right people around you. Better get the real. See, see, we all need, my brothers and sisters, to build a new community of people around us. That's what we need to do in order to rebuild our confidence, to build a new community around us. Look, look at your neighbor and say, I need someone like you in my life. Yeah, yeah, I need someone like you in my life. See, see, my brothers and sisters, we need the right people around us to encourage us. We need the right people around us to help us. We need the right people around us to lift us up because encouragement is like oxygen to the soul. It's oxygen to the soul. You can't fight alone. You can't fight alone. You cannot do life alone. So hear me today, my brothers and sisters. You are to follow Christ for yourself, but you cannot follow Christ by yourself. Somebody needs to catch that. You are to follow Christ for yourself, but you cannot follow Christ by yourself. We were all created for community. And listen, confidence is in your community. Confidence is in your community. I'm going to say it again. Confidence is in your community. And the devil knows that. That's why he seeks to isolate you and to keep you separate from everyone. Because as long as he keep you isolated, he'll beat you up every time. But if, if somehow you could make it to the house of the Lord, if somehow you could get connected to other believers, anybody remember? Remember that old cartoon, uh, uh, Wonder Twin Powers Activate, right? They, they, they touched one another. Wonder Twin Powers Activate. If I can somehow get connected with another believer, if I can somehow get connected with my sister or my brother, power from heaven will flow uh, in between one another. And so you build up your confidence by getting the right people around you. I, I look at my life and I, and I see this because I look at the, you know, the different trials that God has brought me through. God didn't just snap his finger and get me through a trial. No. When I look back, I notice that he had people around me during every stage and phase of my trial and my discouragement, people that were able to mend me, uh, people that were able to fix me, people that were able to pick me up. Every, every stage, there was somebody there able to speak into my life. And sometimes, sometimes I had to go after people. Oh yeah, sometimes you gotta go after people. Don't be afraid to stalk anybody. Because I know where I'm going, like where, I, where God wants me to go, I cannot get there by myself. 
I know that. I know where God wants me to go, I already know. There's too many landmines between where I'm at and where God wants me to be. There's too much war going on. So I need somebody, the right person, in my corner. I need somebody to stitch me up. I need somebody to mend me up. I need somebody to pick me up when I fall down. How do I get my confidence? It's in my community. That's what the Bible teaches. Listen to this in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 10. Just listen to this. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Two's better than one. And we all need this confidence committee in our life because of all the negative voices that are that are out there and in here we all need a confidence committee because of all these negative voices there's too many negative voices in this world there's the voice of experience that says you tried that before you know what happened last time you tried that that's the voice of past experience trying to hold us down there's a voice of fear that says what if this happens what if that happens? What if this happens? There's a voice of doubt that says, you know that God doesn't do that anymore. Don't, don't jump off the boat like Peter. We all need a confidence committee that can speak life into our life. We need a confidence committee that can say you can do this in the power of God. Si se puede en el poder del Espíritu Santo en el nombre de Jesús. We need people in our life that can see things that we cannot see. We need people in our life that can call out greatness from inside of us. We need people in our life that will tell us you better not stop there. You better not lay down there. You better get up and keep going. I know what they did to you I know what they said to you but that's not your destiny that's just a station in your life and you need to get up and get to your destination destination is calling you forward we need them people in our life Com community builds confidence so listen my brothers and sisters my wife told you about this flyer that has all our prayer stations we have about 30 something prayer stations right here look some are on Zoom. You don't even have to brush your teeth. You just got to get on the computer, right? How easy do you want it? I mean, God loves you enough to give you options. We got some, you know, some in person. I'm thinking about how the Guzmans have one in Southgate on Friday night in their backyard. I've seen the pictures on that. Praise God. It's co-ed. People can go. I'm thinking I saw a picture of the one in uh, the Korean Bell in San Pedro. We got people that go up on the Korean Bell, not on it, but right there. And they pray on Saturday mornings. We got Zoom, uh, Pastor Martin and Mary, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 8 a.m. in the morning before you even go to work. You can get connected and pray. Listen, this is more than just coming together and playing patty cake. This is God saying, here is your community. How much more do you want? There's confidence in this community. There's power in this community. There's deliverance in this community. God is saying, here it is. I printed it out on paper. You can put it in your back pocket. I want to encourage you to get connected. Listen, I really believe if you could beat the devil in the area of prayer, you can beat him in any area. 
I'm really believing that for those that pray in the month of October, we're going to experience God in a whole different way. We're going to experience breakthrough in a whole different way. Listen, I'm really encouraging you. Get this flyer. Get connected. Start praying. Community builds confidence. And here's the last one for our study this afternoon. Consistency builds confidence. Consistency builds confidence. Go back to Hebrews 10, 25. Listen to what he says. He says, not forsaking our own assembly together as the habit. Notice that phrase. If you have a Bible, circle that word. As the habit of some. Notice that word habit because that word habit speaks of consistency. And what Paul does in this verse is he uses as a negative example to teach us to be more consistent in our life. He says, don't, don't be like those who, who have developed the bad habit. I want you to be like those who develop a good habit. And when he speaks of habit, he's speaking of consistency. How are we going to get our confidence up in our life? How are we going to rebuild our confidence? Is by being consistent in what is right. It's by living a consistent lifestyle of being consistent in doing what is good. Consistency builds our confidence. In Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17, just listen. It says, the fruit of that righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. The fruit of righteousness. Righteousness is right living. Consistent right living will bring forth confidence forever. And I want to just challenge someone this afternoon. Listen, I say this in love, but listen, there's so much at stake in your life. There's so much at stake. And so someone needs to be challenged. You're not going to get spiritually strong if you come to church once a month I, I, I need to challenge somebody in love you're not gonna get spiritually strong if you come to church once a month you're not gonna live a vibrant Christian lifestyle if you only pray when something goes wrong you're not gonna be spiritually strong if you just look at your word or read your word once a week you're not gonna rebuild your life if you keep dipping in and dipping out dipping in and dipping out does not get your life back dipping in and dipping out does not trigger the power of God in your life you need to be more consistent in what you do consistent in praying to God consistent in studying God's word consistent in the worship of God with God's people consistency will rebuild your confidence we'll rebuild it and so God is telling someone he's saying listen you need to up your as you go into this new year listen it's October <laughs> this year is already done and as you go if the Lord tarries and we get the gift of next year you need to go into next year with some reps underneath your belt you you need to go into next year with some consistency up underneath your belt particularly listen there are some of y'all you're waiting for a moment from God you're waiting for an answer to prayer and God is about to give you that moment of opportunity but listen when it comes you ain't got time to go back and scramble and get your life together when that 
prayer is answered. You ain't got time to scramble and put things back together. No, you need to build that consistency right now in your life. So when God answers your prayer, you're ready for that moment and you step into that moment with confidence and power and destiny because you got some reps underneath your belt. You've been consistent in your prayer life, consistent in studying God's word, consistent in connecting with the body of Christ. I'm ready for whatever God opens up. You know why? Because I've been consistent in what I've been doing. I'm revved up. We need consistency. You see somebody with confidence, you can best believe they've been consistent. You see someone with lots of confidence, you can best believe they've been consistent in their prayer life. One of the most famous uh, Bible stories in the Old Testament deals with Daniel in the lion's den. We've heard this story uh, many times on how Daniel had the confidence to stand up against the king. And he had the confidence to stand up in the face of the lions. It's a famous story that we hear in Sunday school and we get preached about his confidence. But one of the things we never hear is how he got his confidence. Where did his confidence come from? And as I close this afternoon, I want to point out that Daniel got his confidence from his consistent prayer life. He got his confidence from his consistent prayer life. Listen to this in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Listen to what it says. It says, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went in his house where he had his windows in the upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day. Someone say consistency. Lotus, he got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. Get this next phrase. It's very key. As he had done previously. Notice that phrase. That speaks of consistency. So when his number was called and, and, and the world collapsed on Daniel, he did not have to scramble and get his life together. He didn't have to scramble and say, God, forgive me. He didn't have to scramble and say, oh, Lord, there's no. He did what he always did, which was be consistent in living for the Lord God Almighty. And that consistency birthed confidence to face the moment that was upon him. God is challenging someone today. Got to guard your conscience. Got to dive into the community. And you got to be more consistent. Let us bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a couple moments, very important part of our time together where we meditate and reflect upon the word of the Lord during this time, we asked the question, Lord, what was it that you were trying to get across to me? What was it that you were saying to me in this message? Let's bow our heads and our hearts as we reflect upon the word of God.
Father God, we thank you for speaking to us. Help us, Lord. Help us to guard our conscience. Help us to build a new community. And help us to be consistent in living for you. We need your help, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone says, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise. I want to invite everybody to stand to your feet if you're able. Did you learn something this afternoon? Did anybody learn something from God? Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to invite our pastors and leaders to the altar this afternoon. After we dismiss with a blessing, if you need to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus, if you need to rededicate your life to the Lord Jesus, or if you need special prayer, our pastors will be at the altar after we dismiss. You can come up and they will lead you in prayer. There's always available to pray for someone. Also, after we dismiss with prayer, we're going to give our tithes and our offerings unto the Lord. We are a church that believes in generously giving to the work of God in our generation. We believe that. And I want to remind you that Chapel of Change is a church that is making a huge impact for the kingdom of God in our generation. I want to remind you that every investment you make into this church is going to save souls, to disciple believers, and to impact our generation with the fresh hope of the gospel. I was reminded last Friday our evangelism team went out to a park in the city of Compton in our Fresh Hope Mobile, and we impacted a bunch of teenagers in the name of Jesus. I was reminded that we are teaching children about Jesus every week. We keep teaching children, our next generation, about Jesus. Yesterday, we partnered with House of Redemption, and we fed tons and tons of people right here in our parking lot fed tons and tons of people so your church is making a difference in our generation and there's no greater investment to make than in the kingdom of God so I want to encourage you after we dismiss there is a offering box in the back you can put your offering in an envelope put it in there if you want to give to a debit card there's a debit machine you can give uh, through the debit machine if you are watching online you want to give on our webpage chapelofchange.org uh, hit the giving button and you can follow the instructions by the way most of our church gives online before they even come to the house of the Lord so that is an option also want to encourage the church that it is our tradition every church birthday in October during our Fresh Hope Revival we bring a special offering to the house of the Lord every year we challenge the church to give over and beyond your normal giving for the work of the Lord in honor of our church's birthday, which is coming up this week. So I want to encourage you that this week when you come to Revival, bring a sacrificial offering 
This birthday offering is going to sustain our radio ministry. So it's going to go to help impact all of Los Angeles. So help us with that offering. A couple uh, announcements to make. Don't forget, Revival starts this Thursday, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. We have a guest speaker, uh, Jason Lozano, one of the most dynamic preachers in Southern California. You don't want to miss it. I'm really believing that God is going to touch you. We are going to have an interpreter, so we want all our deaf families to come out and participate in this celebration uh, with us. Then on Friday under the tent at 7 p.m. we start again and my wife and I are going to be tag team preaching but the unique thing about Friday is we're going to lead in a time of special deliverance prayer. Deliverance prayer. So if you know anybody or maybe you have a habit or a hang-up or something you need freedom from i want to invite you to come out that friday night bring somebody because we're going to believe god to set some people free on friday night come on out we're just going to believe god together so anybody who's controlled by anything i don't we don't we're just going to believe god to set some people free to deliver some people on friday then on Saturday at 5 p.m., we're having our revival at our Whittier campus, and I'm super excited. We invited one of the most influential women leaders in our generation, Pastor Donna Neville, the founder of Praise Chapel Christian Fellowship. She's going to be with us that night. We're also going to have a free dinner, taco dinner that night, and so we're going to celebrate. By the way, next Sunday at our 1230 service, next Sunday after service, we're going to give a free taco lunch to everybody at our 1230 service. So come next Sunday spiritually hungry and physically hungry because we're going to feed God willing everybody that comes out. Amen. Anybody ready for revival? Anybody ready for revival? So it's our tradition to dismiss with a blessing. If you lift up your hands unto the Lord, we'll dismiss. In the name of the Father who loves you with an endless love, in the name of the Son who died that you could live, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who fills you with Holy Ghost confidence, may you go this week with the protection and the blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Hope to see you Thursday night, 5 p.m. Go in peace.